0: to gain valuable insight into different career paths and life in general. Let's get to it. In this episode, Max shares his path on how he broke into investment banking in London coming from a non-target school in Italy. Learn how networking played a role, how he made the cut during a competitive intern year with an offer rate under 50%, and how he was able to close 10 deals in under four years once he joined full-time. Listen to his struggles with private equity recruiting and how he balanced the difficult process with his full-time banking role to successfully land on his feet. Enjoy. All right, Max, welcome to the Wall Street Oasis podcast.
1: Hey, Patrick. Nice to be here with you.
0: It'd be awesome if you could start just by giving the listeners a short summary of your bio. Sure. Sure.
1: So, yeah, I've studied um, uh, my university in in Italy. Uh, it was you know corporate management, and then after that, I moved to London. I worked in uh, Credit Suisse investment banking for four years. It was like an amazing experience because you know I had the chance to work uh, for different teams uh, so product teams, but also uh, industry teams. So overall, you know, in, in four years, I had the chance to work on 10 transactions, uh, also across different countries, uh, you know, Spain, Italy, France, Germany, UK, and, and across different products. So clearly a lot of M&A buy side and sell side, mm. but also ECM, DCM, uh, leverage finance. Wow. So a re- really rewarding experience, I must say. A lot of work, though, you know. You got a lot. Wow. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Didn't and then, come for free, <laughs> and then after
0: that, um, you transition to PE, correct?
1: Yeah, correct. So then after, so you know, of course, I you know had an internship, then uh, started as a full time analyst in Credit Suisse, got promoted to associate, and then at the end of my fourth year, I found a job uh, for a, a lower mid cap firm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's a company. Um, it's it's a recent established firm with offices in London and New York. Um, yeah, happy to tell you more about it. Sure. So let's start all the way back though. First at uh,
0: your university. So tell me about you know did you always know you wanted to be an economics or business major or how did you kind of come across that? was, it was investment banking on your radar back then.
1: You know, it's funny because I'm probably one of the few people that didn't even know what investment banking was back then. Mm. Uh, What I knew, you know, after my, my school, you know, I, I, of course, I wanted to go to university and then, you know, had a book with all the different degrees and then I started going through it and, and, you know, At the end, the one that looked more interesting for me, or the broader one, probably was you know doing something with you know economy management, Um, because I think that you know unless you have like a great idea of what you want to do, then probably choosing that path it's the one that give you um, you know more more options in the future. Mm -hmm. So So that's yeah yeah. Tell
0: me a little bit about just your your university. Was it considered like a feeder into investment banking? In Italy?
1: Because there's Look, only a few,
0: right? There's only a few yeah, like target right. schools. So, yeah.
1: No, exactly. There are a few target school, and mine wasn't one of these. Um, but it's a very well-known and, and, you know. Uh,
0: it's respected academically. Yes, yes, exactly.
1: Well, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. I think, you know, what helped me uh, to get my internship uh, in investment banking was, first of all, you know, I got with, you know, maximum marks, cum laude. Then I had an entrepreneurial uh, experience. Uh, I was also very active, you know, charity. I was like uh, playing golf at uh, you know um, national level. So I think that oh, you wow. know it complemented uh, my profile, even though I was not one of from one of these target university. And that's why they you had like my... a four, you had like a four GPA basically. You had like a correct. perfect GPA. So you're at the top
0: of your class at a well respected uh, university. So that got. And then you also were almost a semi pro golfer. It sounds like correct,
1: or, correct,
0: or almost pr- or pro. Mm-hmm.
1: Not and never never got pro, but uh, I was almost. Yeah, yeah, wow. Do you still play? <laughs> yeah, I do. Not as often, uh, but I still do with some friends and even colleagues. You know, and that's the cool thing about golf. There are a lot of people playing, so you, you like always to just, find it. You like to just
0: uh, kick everyone's ass in your, in your company. <laughs> <It's> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, really try, I try. I <laughs> try. Um, so tell me about the entrepreneurial endeavor. I think uh, a lot of the listeners would be curious about that. So while you're in while you're in university, you started something. Mm-hmm
1: exactly so with a bunch of friends uh, we came up with this um, platform for uh, amateur soccer player so it's a sort of imagine i mean we're talking back then it was 2010 2011 right mm-hmm. so you know facebook and all the social media of course they were already there they were quite famous but not as as they are now yeah and so what we saw there it was an opportunity to you know people playing soccer and you know when you want to do it you need to find a pitch football pitch you need to organize it with people and you need to call it, it was very manual and also the tournaments for example were mm-hmm. done very you know everything was on paper so we developed this this online platform very similar with on the you know the facebook um mm-hmm. interface and uh and then the idea was you know to to launch it, so we raised some money and and you know we were doing this whilst we were studying and and we started you know selling the product because the idea was to go to you know the um, whatever who were the managers of the the sports facilities, but also the event organizer and selling them. this as a managerial tool for them, right. at the same time, you know we were getting data from the users um so that was like an amazing experience if you think about it that we were just students and we started from 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 basically an idea right and so time was it just a mobile app where people could say there are different pitches, like in the in the app that we'd say exactly imagine yeah sorry search engine you start looking for a football pitch in your area and then from there you you say okay you create like an event and then you share it with your friends you invite them and and maybe you know you don't have enough people, so then but there are other people in the area that, that would like to play same day, uh, same hour. So then you could invite them. So it was a way, you know, to bring people together. Then of course you were get, getting a lot of you know data from those users, and and you were making it fun for everyone and yeah. saving them a lot of time. Very cool. So did it did it get any traction? Look, it did at the beginning. Uh, then, of course, as most of the startup, you need to raise a lot of money because at yeah. the beginning, they are all cash negative. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and that was at the point where, you know, we were, you know, almost done with our our studies and we started getting like all of us good offers. Either, you know, I got it in investment banking, as you know, other people got it in consulting. Mm-hmm. And, and that was the time, you know, 2011, particularly Italy, it was not like a great moment. So we we felt, you know, we had like this great job secured and... Uh, yeah, take the security we, we, and coming out of the the great financial crisis. Correct.
0: Yeah. Correct. Okay. So you're, let's talk a little bit about kind of how you landed that internship. Did you, you said you got looks because you had a high GPA and you had, you know, some other interesting things that made you unique in turn, including the, the semi-pro golf and stuff like that. Did you just apply online or how did you even... Recruit or yeah, network yeah. or how did, you, how did you do
1: it? So, look, I think it's above everything in the sense that, yeah, mainly was online application. But then, of course, you know, and that's my suggestion for everyone that wants to apply to, to investment banking is, you know, the best way is that if you find someone within the bank, first of all, because you want to learn and they will give you great insights. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, at the same time, you know, uh, it's a way to, you know, if I know you and I know that you're good, then, you know, I will go to my HR and tell them, you know, guys, I know, I know this, this guy is very good. We should, you know, look into it, uh, into his profile and see if it's, if it's a good match. So my I always suggestion hear that's
0: tough in London though. Like it's much more strict in terms of the networking. Do you feel that way? Or is it, what's it
1: like in Italy? I I don't know in Italy because I've always applied. Uh, in London, um, right. Yes. Exactly. Exactly. So, but so for London, isn't it more yeah. strict? Like they force everyone to go through to get even a first round interview. Don't you have to? You do. Has, you do. Yeah. You do. But then you know, I'm sure that you can. You know, also when when I was at my time, you know, if I knew that there was some some guy or girl out of university with very strong, that I think it could be a good fit, mm-hmm. then you know, I would I would you know give a call to HR, and then you know, of course, it's up to them. Uh, mm-hmm. But also for them, you make their life easier, you know, because they have a lot of candidates. And mm-hmm. if you are a person that is well trusted within the bank, then I'm sure they will consider it. Yeah, I'm so not telling you that you will get an offer. Yeah. For so for them. all the all the London
0: all the London monkeys out there that complain that networking doesn't work in, in London, it's not no. true. <laughs> no, no, it is. It is important. It is it not is the important. only. It's way not. Yeah, right. I think in the U.S., I think people see like these crazy stories of people with low GPA. Being able to network their way into a first-round interview from like a non-target, and that's I think maybe a little more rare. Like you need to have
1: the stats. Exactly. Exactly. um, I think. I think. Look, if I if I didn't have all you know, you know, the the good marks, my entrepreneurial experience, the charity, the sports, and everything, I think it would have been tough for me. Even even if I knew. So let's do a thought
0: experiment. What if you had like a okay, you're you know basically 4.0 let's say you had a 3.0 gpa or a, you know instead of 110 out of 110 or whatever you were like 80 out of 110 so pretty mediocre pretty average do you think
1: you could have gotten a first-round interview from a non-target university i think from it would your have school been difficult. from your school yeah i think it would have been difficult
0: you think people just would have said sorry it's just we don't recruit there they would have been less yeah. likely to take phone yeah. calls yeah. stuff like that but mm-hmm. putting yourself in that shoes, knowing what you know, do you think you would have been able to do it? Like I land and maybe not at a credit suite, maybe not at a bulge bracket, but maybe at another bank.
1: Maybe in another bank. Yes. Maybe okay. in another bank. Yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. Just curious, because um, I always mm-hmm. I always find that interesting. OK, so you had a little bit of entrepreneurial experience coming into the um, coming into kind of your, your junior summer. You ended up blending an internship. So th- the. The first interview, how did you even know? Did you get interviews at other banks for, for internships?
1: Yeah, so I, I applied to different banks and then, and that was for the autumn internship. And then, were you I you like, were you calling people before then, like at the banks to talk to them? So I, I knew someone at some of the I had some friends, Italian, yeah. that they were already working in London in in other investment banks. And so then of course before, you know, I called them and I also meet them and, and, and asked them, you know, to help me to prepare. So what, what are the questions that they asked? Did you? they did they uh, go to
0: your school or something? How did
1: you know them? Um, network. Um How did you they, network LinkedIn? No, but also, you know, we you know, I grew up you know, in, in a small town in, in the north of Italy, and I don't know, I don't want to say by chance, but you know those guys that ended up working in other banks, like you know J.P. Morgan, Goldman, Deutsche, uh, they were from my town, uh, and they were from one of these target universities. Um, Got it. So yeah, they knew me. and that's also you know, the reason why I started applying for investment banking was because of that, because uh, you know, I was more for consulting. Mm -hmm. You know, the likes of uh Bain, and McKinsey, BCG, exactly. Uh, But because they all were doing investment banking, so I said, Okay, why don't you guys tell me more? You know, and Mm -hmm. then oh, actually, it sounds interesting. So these were actual friends of yours that were older, yeah, this that had kind of were a year, yeah, one or or two years older than me. Perfect, perfect, yeah,
0: yeah, Yeah. and so exactly.
1: So they were quite fresh, but you didn't have
0: like um, you didn't have any consulting friends that were trying to pull you over, or just less, there just happened to be more bankers from your town, yes, yes. That's correct. Family, friends, that type of thing. Yes. So how much? Mm-hmm. Ma- so mm-hmm. how many other internship interviews did you have from? from so I had
1: two. A- so in total, I had three mm-hmm. um, interviews, and I ended up then having an offer from uh, Credit Suisse. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and you know, the other two you didn't. Good. You didn't have offers from the other two. Do you remember where you interviewed? No. Yeah, uh, JP uh-huh. and uh, Deutsche. Okay, and then.
0: Sorry, I keep interrupting you. I, I just find yeah, no, this part's really important because I think hearing about like how you had friends. Do you feel like with those connections that you had, if mm-hmm. your GPA was lower, we said this, you don't think you would have been able to land that Credit Suisse because because coming from that non
1: from that non traditional school, it would have been too much. I think it would have been more more difficult. Yeah. Again, as I was telling you, network can help sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but but then you know,
0: would, would you know gotten that not, first round interview with that guy calling HR, like your friend calling HR, maybe?
1: And then you would have done really well. No, I think I would. I would in any case because I got it from the other banks, Uh, and you know my friends back then. You know my friends back then they were all just analysts. So I don't think that that would have changed a lot, right? (laughs) I think you need to go. Ideally, you should have someone a bit more senior. Okay, fair.
0: Sorry, keep going. Mm -hmm. So, so you, yeah, you had the internship. You, you, you landed the the internship with Credit Suisse, and then you're accelerating. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah, so so it was a very, you know, quite tough period because, of course, you know, it's very competitive. Uh, there are a lot of people and not that many spots available. So you really need to work very hard, show everyone that you you have what they want, that you can do the job. And, you know, for me, the most important thing, and that's what I like about it, is that people don't judge you. For at least that was my experience in, in, in Credit Suisse, right? But they don't judge you for who you are when you start the internship, but for who you became at the end of the internship. For example, you know, when I started, for me, it was my first internship in investment banking. And with me in my class, there were people that had maybe done another one or two internships mm. at other banks. So for them, you know, they already, they already knew everything, right? Because more or less they're, they're, you know, they're very similar the way they, they teach you. And, and so for them, clearly, it was very easy. To do everything, but I was starting from zero. You know, I didn't know what uh, public comparables were when I started. It was these guys yeah. have already done it for four months. You know, yeah, yeah. So, but what what really counted, and the reason why I got I, I got the offer is because maybe I started from a lower level than other people, but then by the end of the internship, I was probably better than those guys, or or at least at the same level. And and that's something that they, so they really saw the 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 step that I did from beginning to the end, and that's something that they really liked. And tell
0: me about what when you say um, as good as or better. What what would you qualify as the most important thing to to be classified as a good intern or a great intern? Um, yeah, obviously, okay. the growth is super important. Um, is, yes. but is it is it demonstrating modeling skills? Is it communication?
1: Tell me how you tell me how you yeah. do that. Yeah, I think it's it's a three hundred and sixty approach, right? So of course you need to. It's fine, again, as I, told, as I told you, it's fine if you don't know things at the beginning, but then people want you to be quick. So learn quick, show that you understood and you can do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's important. And of course, you need to be very committed. You know, There are a lot of very smart kids that you know maybe since they were at university, they wanted to do investment banking. And then when they, when they joined, then they realized that it's not for them. Maybe because they don't like the pressure, they don't like the hours, they don't like the environment. Um, and people notice that. People that work with you understand if you really are if you're enjoying your internship, if you're motivated. Um, you need to be a team player. You know, I remember basically. You know, I was one of the first uh, in my team to to get in in the morning. So usually eight forty five a.m. Usually mm-hmm. people start from nine onward, right? I was eight forty five, mm-hmm. and I was the last one to leave. And I remember times, you know, at two a.m asking for other, you know, analysts or associates that they were maybe very busy working on a live deal or something and asking, asking them if they needed my help. And, you know, and that's something that people appreciate, right? And maybe there was nothing that I could help them because maybe it was something too complicated for me as an intern, but still I was there. I could have gone home uh, without saying anything whilst I was, at, so attitude is very important. Yeah, so you were willing to basically uh, suffer for the internship
0: to, to make yeah. sure that you had, yeah. you were seen as a team player, willing to, willing to sacrifice and, and help everyone yeah. out. That's but great. if I can add, uh,
1: Patrick, uh, mm-hmm. I think it's very important at the beginning, and that's my suggestion to, to everyone, uh, to whoever starts uh, an internship or even a full sta- full-time um, analyst role, you know, the first months are the most important in your uh, banking uh, career because that's when you, you know, when people get to know you and when you create your own brand. So if you started with the right foot, then you know, everything gets easier in the longer term yeah this is why i always say the kids that
0: come in with the financial modeling training i mean i, I came from a liberal arts background i was i was a disaster like for the first six months <laughs> yeah. of, of i was at rothschild in new york and we were uh-huh. eventually got put on the restructuring team and i had i had the right attitude of i'll work really late i just didn't have a skill set it took me four or five six months to really get and yeah. then once i was there boom i put out you know i was really well trusted and put on a lot of deals live deals but I think it's hard if, if you don't have the background. I mean, you had a little bit of the finance, I
1: assume, some modeling. or Yeah, data. but not that much. Yeah. You know, I've done some you know, corporate finance uh, courses at university, but it was mainly management. But you picked than it up finance. super fast. I mean, you're a 4.0. Yes, but, but, exactly. But, but also remember, you, they teach you everything you need to know mm-hmm. uh, during those weeks of training. So mm-hmm. if you pay attention and <laughs> are keen to learn, in, in a couple of weeks, you're up to speed, right? Yeah, 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 for sure.
0: Cool. So, okay, so you're kind of coming through, and um, it's funny—you're up to speed, unless you're you're like me, who is slower than
1: usual. <laughs> but it worked out well for you as well. No? It worked out end. well.
0: It worked out well. I was—I I did well by the end, but it was—it was a painful first six months. Uh, so you're you're kind of coming out. You're really sacrificing. I noticed that your internship was October to December. Is that normal?
1: It's the autumn internship. So the way it works in mm-hmm. uh, in I don't know now, but I guess it's more or less the same. But at least at my time, it was a summer and autumn internship. Before they were probably doing also a spring internship, even though probably was a was a smaller internship. Yeah. Um so how many seats yeah, were
0: I, so you t- you talked about a couple of things. You said it's super competitive. So, about how many people were with you, and how many seats were available? Yeah, look,
1: the class were about is smaller than the summer uh, class mm-hmm. usually. So, we were about probably twenty people. Mm-hmm. But we, the, uh, I think less than ten people got a uh, got an offer like the year. People? So. Wow. So it was yeah. I mean, yeah. It, was, it was a pretty tough yeah.
0: year, right? You're still 2012 yeah. ish. So it was exactly exactly so, you know, fully it was not, Yes. Correct. Correct. Okay. Okay. So pretty competitive. And you, you were one of those people, even though you didn't have previous background, that's impressive that you actually were able to snag one of those spots. Um, Thank you. But so you're kind of coming into this and then thinking, wow, that was a really tough, <laughs> that was a really tough fall. Um, yeah. And then coming into it, you, you get the, one of those offers. Do you accept right away or do you think, hey, I'm yeah. going to go? You do accept right away.
1: Okay. No, yeah. I accepted right away. And then I had some time off. Um, and then I started in uh, the next year in July. Okay. So you didn't go back to school at all, or that was it? That was like, No, I was already done. In my done. case, I was already done with school. Yeah. Yeah. But most of the people actually, they do their internship during their last year of university. Year. So yeah. 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 So then you're, you're kind of have a little time off. What did you do in that time off before knowing,
0: knowing what it was like as an intern, knowing what the analysts were doing?
1: What did you do? Yes. Yeah, like? So first of all, the month after I had some time off. So, you know, enjoying, uh, you know, I went back home, spent time with, you know, family, friends, and then before starting, I, you know, I had a lot of time again, I was done with my studies. So I decided I didn't want to waste time. And uh, I did two things. So, uh, you know, as I w- as I told you before, I was working uh, even before um, Credit Suisse. And so when I was at university, I was working for a charity. So in those months, I continued working for a charity. And then I also went to Spain um, and I spent few months there learning the language, you know, at the end of the day, you know, if you're Italian, uh, it doesn't take you a lot of time to learn, learn Spanish. Spanish. So I thought it was a great, yeah, it was, it was a good use of my time and learning another language, which, which by the way, it, was, it ended up being a great idea uh, because when I started working as a full-time analyst, I spent a lot of time, particularly during my first year, working with the Madrid office. That was great. You know, I mean, of course you can do it as well speaking in English, but you know, if you can speak the local language, it's, uh, I think it's, you connect better with your colleagues and also with the clients. So it's a plus. So I'm happy I did that. For sure. That's interesting. Yeah. So you're, you you didn't really take too much of
0: a break. It sounds like, but you, you stayed busy. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Tell me what was like those first few months starting. So they put you through training and then yeah, everyone's nervous.
1: How many people are starting with you? training about fifty people mm-hmm. uh, back then. It was great, you know, because of course uh, it's you, you work hard also during the training because you have you know um, lessons every day, and then once you're done, you have like homework, and so you end up you know finishing in the evening depending on how quick you are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also it's great because you know you are in a class with fifty people or more that come from all around the world uh, with very interesting background. Uh, Most of the people are new to London, so everyone wanted to, you know, to get to know each other, uh, have you know, start friendships. So we spent a lot of time, our free time, you know, uh, going out, uh, getting to know each other. So we were going for restaurants, we were going, you know, clubbing. Mm -hmm. Uh, so it it, it was not, not, yes, yes. (laughs) And how
0: long did that last before the reality of
1: work hit? A month, I think the training was about a month or Mm -hmm. a month and a half. Uh, I don't remember exactly now, mm-hmm. and yeah, then straight to the desk, and then I must say it was another, you know, six months where of very very hard work uh, because again, as I was telling you, it's you know, first of all, you are not as uh, as quick as you would like to be because again, uh, you are quite new, you are doing new things, modeling and stuff like that, and, mm-hmm. and and also at the same time, again, you want to establish your brand, so you want to do everything. The best way you can, and that means yeah. that it will take you a bit longer, right? Uh, but then, at, at the end, it it pays off. So, you know, my my suggestion to to everyone is, you know, I know it's it's a difficult start uh, for for most of us, but really in the long term it pays off. I'm I'm very glad I did that. Um,
0: in those first few months coming out on the hitting the desk, did you feel like? you were in the middle of the pack in terms of skill level near the top and you can be honest no one knows who you are so <laughs> yeah and how did Look, you how did so, you how did you even measure yourself did did they tell you like hey you did this well on the exams or
1: you did so first of all first yeah. of all you get a lot of feedback from your uh, your teammates so you the way it works is that when you start you have a buddy uh, so which is usually a third year analyst uh, so someone that has more experience that mm-hmm. guides you um, yeah. and at the beginning you work with him so you learn a lot and it gives a lot of feedback and is responsible for you. And then there is also like, you know, a schedule of things that I need to learn uh, in the first, within the first month, second, third months and so on. So they keep track and they make sure that I, that I, you know, um, get yeah. all the skills that I need to then become like a, a independent analyst yeah. if you want. Yeah. So that that's a sort of, and then I guess it's a lot of, you know, uh talking with your other colleagues same class and understand what they're doing how they're doing it and so then you get a sort of a benchmark mm-hmm. um, were you put on mostly pitches initially or did they give you live deals right away and like yeah you? i was yeah look it's it really it depends on luck in the sense that you know i i started pretty soon on a deal uh, other people it took them longer mm-hmm. um you know i but it's, it's, it's like, look, in four years, I, I closed 10 deals, which I think it's, it's a good number. Mm-hmm. And I know other people that in four years, they closed a few deals. And I'm not saying that I was better than them or I deserved those deals more than them. You know? Yeah. Do you feel like it kind of fed on itself? I think with,
0: with what happened with me is once people realized they could trust me, they just kept putting me on more live deals. Yeah. Like with the same team, with the same group. Because, yeah,
1: but it, like, it's true. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes the problem is that you work on live deals, but then you have no certainty if those deals will close, right? So right. there are a lot of people that work on live deals, but then at the end, they don't get the credits because they didn't fail right. <laughs> right,
0: right, right, right. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So tell me a little bit about um, just the progression of, you know, from analyst to associate. And then also, I want to hear about when private equity came up on your radar. Was it something that the class was talking about right away or was it something that kind of came up later?
1: Yeah. So. I think it's a lot of uh, people uh, from your from your class. Uh, they you know they have in mind private equity, so you learn about it from from your uh, you know colleagues uh, pretty pretty soon uh, after your start. But then for me, is that I also had the chance to work on, on live deals with you know both large and mid cap peers. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got really, really interested because I saw what they, what they were doing. And, you know, I really loved my experience in investment banking. Um, I would do it uh, again and again, but I think that what I was missing is, you know, I was coming from a university where I was doing a lot of, you know, my studies were uh, based on, you know, management. Mm -hmm. So I was missing a bit the operational part, you know, uh, investment banking is very transactional Mm -hmm. Uh, and what I understood in private equity is that you get both. So of course you you know you, you work on deals there, you need to close them, and that's when investment banking is great, is a great training. But at the same time, you know the problem is that investment banking, particularly when you are a junior, once you close a deal, then you move on, on to the next deal. Yeah. And so you unless you want to follow that company, um, you will not have a lot of chances to to know what's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Whereas when you're in private equity, once you have closed a deal, then it means you have acquired a company, you have um, portfolio, a company in your portfolio, and that's when the game starts actually, because then you need to, you know, there is all the monitoring, you need to work closely with the management, and maybe you are, it depends on from fund to fund, but you can be involved in, in the value creation plan. Did you um, know that? Did you know
0: all of this kind of seeing on um, the deals? Did you, or did, is it something that kind of other people told you or it was just obvious to you? Because I, I know when I no, when, no. when when yeah. somebody told me about private equity, I would think I was a second year analyst before I even knew what private equity was. <laughs> this shows you how far, how long ago. I think every every banker now knows before they even start, um, yeah. what it is. But back then, um, it wasn't this huge kind of well known. Especially for a liberal arts kid like me, I I didn't know anything. And, and I remember the kid handing one of my fellow analysts handing me a packet saying, "Here,
1: study this. This is what an LBO is, and this is yeah. what you need to know for the interviews." But what about you? It, it, it was similar um, in my case in, in the sense that, you know, as I told you, I, I, I've learned about investment banking through friends. Then I've learned uh, about private equity when I was in investment banking. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then I had some of those friends that they told me about investment banking, then they moved to private equity. So that, then they started telling me what private equity was really about. Got it. So, cool. yeah, yeah. So that's
0: good. I mean, almost having a friends that are mentors that are one or two years older that are kind of paving a way for you you in a sense, giving you that insight probably makes you a better
1: interviewer too. Definitely. Definitely. Uh, Look, the suggestion is uh, it's, it's tough. Uh, You know, the interview process in private equity, um, there is also a lot of pressure. I think, I feel candidate at least I was feeling pressure Mm -hmm. Um, because, you know, there are not a lot of opportunities. Then it depends when you are, you know, there are certain years, and it's the same for investment banking, but where there is more demand, other years where there is less demand, and you have yeah. a window to get out of investment banking, right? So, so, when tell, you me, have those opportunity- so tell me about that. Yes, yeah, so tell me about how you.
0: So, when you first learned about it, like was it second year analyst, or was it, or you started hearing about it right away, but then. Yeah, yeah. I think
1: right away also because uh, sorry if I interrupt you, but because no, no. you have ad hunters that they start calling you even when you're a first-year analyst. You know, in our class, the guy, the first guy that got went to private equity, uh, he left investment banking after six months uh, from from the beginning of a first-year analyst. Wow. Six months. Yeah. yeah. Right.
0: So, yeah. so that's <laughs> common nowadays, but yeah, back then. That yeah, but
1: real. back then less. Now it's more and more, and yeah. I'm sure that even before me it was even less common. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I think the window is, you know, end of your, the average, I would say, end of first year analyst up to third year uh, analyst, maybe beginning of your fourth year associate. When I, when I was associate, I had less interviews or, or, or less call from adapters than when I was an analyst.
0: Yeah. It's interesting how you kind of start getting pigeonholed as, oh no, he's, he or she is staying. Right. So tell me how you, how the how the recruiting process progressed so you were getting some calls i assume as a first year analyst just to introduce start talking to people who were the headhunters um what was the experience like did you get some interviews right right off the bat or did
1: you yeah yeah look the dentists are the you know the the most well-known in in uh, in london so is walker hamill kia consultants blackwood um who else i mean i mean there are different ones but so those guys usually they ask because then they were asking me when I was a third year analyst associate who are the good people in your team who are the strong candidates you know maybe they're looking for you know a german speaker second year analyst so do you know anyone in your class that is a strong candidate so i got called by those guys because someone else that i don't know who recommended me to those people okay <laughs> and the thing is that again another suggestion is back then i didn't know but you know those guys even during the first call, they were already interviewing me. You know, they were trying to understand, is this guy like a a, a really strong candidate? And, you know, I was, was, again, starting to get to know about private equity. I didn't even, I was not even thinking about an interview in private equity. And those people were already interviewing you, right? So my suggestion is also, you know, uh, make sure, you know, since the first call you have with Adanters, make sure that you, you know, you have a you have a proper consider it as an interview and do your best because then you know if those people think that you are not you are not good, then you know uh, they will probably call you less. It will be more difficult. Um, so be careful. So did That's that my, did, did that
0: happen to you? Like where you felt like you weren't prepared as prepared and you didn't land as many interviews as you could have?
1: Yeah, look, I think I, we won. I made a mistake, and because I. He wanted me to go for an interview. I accepted it. Then it was a period that I was completely busy on a, on a live deal. So really sleeping a few hours per night, a lot of work. I didn't have the time to prepare at all. And, you know, I didn't want to go and have an interview on a private equity without having, you know, because I know that these interviews are tough. So I didn't want to go there and look like stupid. Right. Yeah. So I canceled the interview. And... And then I canceled it, I rescheduled it, and I canceled it another time because I was hoping that then by then I would have had more time to prepare. And that's when the guy, the, the adanter, got annoyed because I said, you know, uh, it's embarrassing with you know for my client because, you know, they're waiting for you and you don't make yourself available. And that's when, yeah, that didn't help me with that adanter. Luckily, that was only one of the many adanters, right? So it was yeah. okay. And it so was how, okay, but that's another thing. Yeah.
0: Were you careful. able to kind of so yeah? So how many how many interviews did you actually get? First round
1: interviews did you get scheduled through these headhunters for? And was it all all the interviews you landed were they all through yes. headhunters? Yes. Yes. Look, I know that there are people that they get interviews through their network. Yeah. But I, they are not that many. They're yeah. not that many. But I think that in private equity network is even more important than in investment banking. Because, <laughs> because if you think network, about it, yeah. Okay. Yes. Because mm-hmm. if you think about it, you know when you go and work for an investment bank, you usually join a big team. Yeah. So even if you're not the right fit, it's okay. You know, there is a turnover, you can always get fired, you can move on, whatever. In private equity, usually there are smaller teams. So fit is even more important. Mm-hmm. So of course, if I know someone, and I know that this, or maybe I worked with this person when I was in investment banking, is a strong analyst. And when I move to private equity, and, and you know, when, when that firm is looking towards someone, you know, if I can recommend that person, then of course we will be considered even more than an investment bank.
0: Mm-hmm. Tell me a little bit about. So you
1: had how many interviews? Six, five, three? Wow, well, more than I think. Yeah, I would say so. But you know, remember it was you know starting from as a first year, then second year, not that much, and because you were so busy, because start- you were so busy. But also because uh, you know I. I moved uh, different teams As I was telling you, you know, product uh, and then also, um, uh, how do you call it? Um, not country, um, industry teams, and, and coverage yeah. team. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So, you know, every time you start in a new team is like if you were starting again from zero, of course, mm. you know, again, you built your brand and people talk, so they know, they knew that I was a, a good analyst but you want to show them in reality so then it means that you need to again refocus work okay. very hard so <laughs> sounds miserable really, uh, <laughs> but but, uh, but it was a great experience at the end yeah, you're yeah, yeah. right it, it's a lot of work but you know the experience that i got in these four years was was crazy you know and i still sometimes think wow did they do all this <laughs> yeah you got so, like eight years of experience in four years it, true true yeah completely true and you got it's
0: cool that you did dcm ecm mna you did Different countries, cross probably yeah. cross border transactions, everything, right?
1: Yes. yes. So, tell, and that's tell where me you, when
0: you really learn a lot. Can you can you share a little bit? So, with with those interviews that you're doing from first year all the way through third year, all the way through associate, I assume, almost mm-hmm. right? Because mm-hmm. you were an yeah. associate before you got your offer, I assume. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about just did you progress? Did you get close to taking other, any other offers, or did you did you flame out in every single first round? What, what do you, do you feel like? I mean, I'm surprised you didn't get an offer before.
1: Yeah, um, look, yeah it, it dep- the, most of the interviews I had them then when I was at the end of my third year, honest, because that's when I really made up it. my mind and I said, okay, I'm serious about it. I, okay. want to go, I want to move into private equity and that's when I start preparing. Mm-hmm. That's when I start, you know, um, be, be serious about it. Uh, so the majority were there. And then again, I think it depends, right? Uh, it's really sometimes you you go for the first round and either you don't like them or mm-hmm. they don't like you Sometimes you go close to the, or you are in the final round, and then it's between you and another guy, and they choose the other guy. And um, did that, that happened to you a few times. Yes, yes, yeah. and it's really depressing. Because yeah. <laughs> you imagine, think you are
0: yeah. right there. Yeah. There's
1: one seat. You, and, yeah, you
0: have yes. 50 50 shot or whatever.
1: And, and imagine, maybe you know, it's a period where you're working extremely hard, uh, and you know you are committed to your job. Uh, in the meantime, you are you're getting ready for these interviews uh and then you have, you, have to you're pretend there, you, uh, yeah.
0: did you have pretend you have doctor's appointments or did you tell did the people in your group know you were recruiting
1: no it's better to it's better not to say my suggestion is never say it <laughs> but that's brutal I mean, it's a close you're friend have to, it's, like it's, get it's a, away yeah 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 if it's a close friend that you can really trust fine. otherwise i wouldn't say because it doesn't you know it, it's not good no yeah. my suggestion is don't say that um then so you had twice you got to the final round and you didn't get it three times something like that yeah, and then look, I don't remember. Then other times it was maybe the second. You know, it then it depends. Some funds they have like four rounds, other they have eight rounds, yeah. other ten. You know, it's it really depends. Um, but look, at the end of the day, what the most important thing is that you don't have to give up. Again, very annoying, depressing when you get close to get an offer and then. You don't get it. And then maybe it takes months before you get another interview because, you know, there are some certain periods uh, during the year where you get more interviews and then past that point, then maybe for another three, four months, there is nothing,
0: Mm.
1: right? Yeah. So you really need, I I see a lot of friends of mine, ex-colleagues that they were as good as me or maybe even better than me, Mm -hmm. that they gave up because they had some, you know, they got close to got an offer. They didn't get it. And they, they decide, okay, so it's very difficult. Uh, it's not working out. I give up. Uh, but if you really want it, don't give up. Keep pushing, and at the end, you will have it. You know, that's my suggestion. It can take, really, again, some people, maybe they go first interview ever. But do you feel like if you, if
0: you had not gotten this offer, and all of a sudden, you're a second-year associate, do, do the opportunities just start getting less and less frequent? Probably? Yes, yes. Yes. So you don't have forever,
1: but you have no. a good three-year window, technically. Yes, or, yeah. correct. But, yeah. but I, again, in my case, uh, I didn't start as a first-year analyst saying, right. I want exactly. to go to private equity. You, were, you, were third first, year, yeah.
0: you, you really didn't correct. focus until third-year analyst.
1: Correct. correct, okay, correct.
0: So tell me a little bit about just how you prepared. Was it just focusing on your deals, knowing those down cold, being able to talk about them? Was it uh, doing some LBO modeling tests? Um, yeah. What? what did you do to so, focus?
1: Yeah, first of all, and, and that's something that most of the candidates uh, don't, don't focus that much, but you need to have a great story. Because that's usually the first question that they ask you, right? So tell me about you. Why do you want to join private equity? Mm-hmm. And that sounds a very stupid question, but it's probably one of the most important questions they will ask you. So again, my suggestion is make sure you prepare yourself very well because again one of the first question and if you answer it right then you start on the, on the right way and and again what's the right way easier. to answer that question in your opinion uh, well look my opinion it's it, by the way you need to be honest um mm-hmm. you need to for me was that you know I loved investment banking I loved all the transactional you know uh, um skills that I've learned but I was missing that operational part that I told you mm-hmm. and with with private equity I understood that I could get the the best of both worlds you know mm-hmm. the Consulting or interpreter entrepreneurial yeah. uh, experience, together with the investment banking experience. Yeah, and that's what I was also, missing. You could point to yeah. your to your education in management. Yes, um, But that's good. why that's when I that's in my story. interview that's when I, exactly. So I told them about you know the fact that I started in you know I studied management. And then whilst I was there, I did this entrepreneurial. Um, yeah. You know, experience this venture with my friends. It didn't go well, but I've learned a lot. And oh. then from there, I did investment banking. And again, you know, as I was telling you, I worked across different sectors, countries, uh, products. So I learned a lot. And and of course, you need to be good in modeling. Um, so it's as I was telling you, one is preparing yourself on why you want to move to private equity. Mm-hmm. Then of course, modeling and and case studies as well. Uh, because you know sometimes what happens is that they ask you to do just a, an lbo and that's mm-hmm. it mm-hmm. sometimes you start from an im so uh, an information memorandum mm-hmm. and you have to then of course create a more an lbo but then you also have to maybe put together some pages on the opportunity say what do you like it? the investment highlights for example mm-hmm. right so and, and there are some good case studies uh no, books on case studies um that people should buy i mean I, i've read those those um, books and, and they help you to prepare because exact, that's when you for example yeah, I'll put a plug in our, from... our private equity interview course we actually crowdsourced
0: a bunch of private equity cases and, and modeling tests and we've scrubbed yeah. them so that the, the PE funds don't come after us but a lot of good stuff in there yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're, they're coming straight from the actual interviews um, but you're right it's, it, things, have, things have shifted a little bit more from a pure there, there are still funds that give the pure LBO modeling tests but a lot more
1: are now trying to see how you think as a an yeah. investor. And I think it's important, Patrick, because the LBO is nothing difficult. Right. I mean, it's something once you have done it a few times, mm-hmm. there is not a big science behind it, right? Everyone can do a proper LBO. Especially if you people making uh, for almost four years. <laughs> you're like exactly, in your sleep. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> yes. But what you want to understand, really, what you want to assess is if the person that you're interviewing has some brain and really understand has some business uh, understanding, uh, if he can think and you know, see what can be done with a certain company. How can you grow it? How can you generate value at the end of the day? Did you have right. all 10 deals on your resume?
0: Yes. Did you so, feel like that? Uh, back then, back then yes. No, no, not anymore. But. Did you feel like that would have, I would be nervous. Because the way I typically say if people are prep is oftentimes like have three or four, but know them cold, like know them every single number. Did you feel like you were getting, because if I was your I'd interview, never, I would have picked like someone. Yeah.
1: Six down or so, something. I prepared on all of them. Yeah, but remember that they will ask you most of time. T- Sometimes they ask you, tell me about a, a deal that you close, so you can choose. Okay, mm-hmm. uh, and most of the time they focus on the M&A deals. Yeah. So yeah. you know the IPO, follow-ons, leverage finance they deals that I've done. They were yeah. yeah, unless it's an industry that that fund really covers. So they will want to know. But then at that point they will ask you. So how do you think about this business? How do you think about the sector? Yeah. Um but you had all you those know, again, answers. You you either did you study
0: for that as well when you were preparing I prepared myself.
1: I prepared myself. Yeah. 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 And so that's why you
0: were making it to final rounds,
1: even though you got a few heartbreaking losses at the end. That's why you're yeah. getting there. Yeah. But it's a learning. It's a learning curve, Patrick. You know, the, the first interview. At least that was my case. I was not ready as I as I wanted to. But then after you do some interviews, then at the end you you also understand what questions. Then you get more it's comfortable. Skill. It's a skill. Yeah, you gain confidence, yeah. right? And that's, that's when it. you start, you know, mastering it. And then <laughs> that's when you're the ready first, to get an offer. The
0: first interviews are so hard for anything for any new industry, whether it's banking, private equity, hedge fund, anything. You just, because yeah. the reps just help you so much. So I always tell people like, if you have an interview or you think you're going to be start, starting to interview actively, like any sort of mock interview, um, just do rep, You know, do reps, whether it's friends, whether it's through um, our mock interview st- service or mentor service, do some, something, anything. <laughs> just don't go in cold. Like your first interview in private equity yeah. should not be within actual private equity fund.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. Unless you really don't care. Uh, exactly. about, about getting the offer, but um, yeah, really interesting. So, so that transition, so you finally, you finally get that offer. Was it like just this huge relief? You said you were feeling the pressure earlier.
1: Yeah, I was feeling the pressure at the end because, as I as I told you, I was already an associate, and mm-hmm. I I understood that you know, ad were calling me less uh, because of my level of seniority, and so then I felt like, oh, I'm running out of. You know time. options, yeah. Uh, yeah, and time. Um, so that's when I felt the pressure. But you know, I still had like some interviews back then. By, when I, by the time I accepted the offer at the the fund um, where I'm currently working, um, I still I was still interviewing on another uh, two more, and and I was progressing. Uh, but then yeah. I decided to go to go for 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 this fund and accept the offer.
0: Yeah, yep. Tell me a little bit about. Can we talk about pay a little bit coming up through your Mm -hmm. um, through Credit Suisse? You don't have to give exact numbers, but do you have a range of how it progressed for second, third year, and then associate, and then how that changed into the middle market? Yeah,
1: I mean, I I think they've raised them uh, recently compared to when I started, Mm -hmm. Um, and and there are uh, you know if you want to if people want to have the right numbers uh, they can find them on Google. If they Google, you know, investment banking compensation, you have like some some um, but HR. bonuses. You must have gotten into some pretty big bonuses because you were yeah. doing so many deals. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, look, yeah, but the bonuses works also depending on how your team did, on okay. how the overall bank did that year. So it's not only it's not only on on your performance. It, it, it is also your performance, but it's it's um. Uh, as a third year you know, analyst that, did you have
0: like a hundred fifty percent bonus or two hundred percent bonus something like that no,
1: it was um, I think in the u s it's higher in in okay. Europe, usually, if you are like a top analyst, you are around a hundred percent, maybe a okay. bit more depending okay. on the years, but yeah, not as much
0: very cool, okay, and so then the transition to private equity was it a pay cut for you
1: yes yeah, uh not that much, but it was a bit mm-hmm. uh but look at the end of the day, I think it's it's fine because, first of all, if if you think that private equity is w- what you want to do, then it completely pays off. Even though you are taking a small pay cut, then at the end you are doing something that you like more, so it makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then anyway, you will. The more you progress, your salary and bonus will will increase, and then also your carry. Yeah. And you know, do you have any people, carry
0: as an associate when you started?
1: Yes. You yes, did? I had okay. a carry. Small yeah, a small carry. Yep. Um, and, and to be fair, I I see I see that most of the fund these days they give carry to juniors. Now it depends, right? The bigger the fund, that's more difficult.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, but then usually they give you a higher um, bonus. Base. base and bonus. Yes. yes. Well yes. so what do you mind exactly. me asking what when you started in PE
0: around what the base and bonus was?
1: Yeah, look. I, when I started, it was around uh, probably between eighty and ninety thousand. The base bonus. It depends. Is this, but is this U- USD or you're saying pounds? Um, same pounds. Pounds, yes. That's pretty good. Pounds, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but look, I know I know of other friends that started other funds and they had lower. Yeah. Uh, maybe like seventy. Others yep. they got it higher. The problem with private equity, you know, that is such a diverse uh, sector. Right where you have a small cap big caps new player old player right. it's it's really difficult carry, to carry uh, no to... carry it's exactly how exactly how late in the fund are they
0: so it's hard to even exactly. quantify that how did you quantify yes. that carry Can, did you say okay this carry if it doubles and if the fund doubles in 5 years this is how much it'll be worth
1: yeah they basically when when i was talking with uh, with the seniors of my fund and, uh, about my offer they they told me look if we do Two x, three x on the fund, uh, and this is your carry. This is how much it will be worth. Mm-hmm. So that's and that's a simple calc, right? Everyone, everyone yep. can can run it high level, of course. Yep. Um, but but to be fair, as a junior, I don't think you can negotiate carry that much. No, you no, know, it's yeah. uh, you should be grateful that you have it. By the way, <laughs> <laughs> that's great.
0: Um, and do you have to stick around for that carry to invest? So again.
1: Depends yeah. from fund to funds. The way it works is that sometimes, so there are different ways. You have like a vesting period. Mm-hmm. So it means that every year you get a portion of that care, a portion of your care is vested. Yeah. Then you have the liver provision. So, you know, bad or good liver. So, for example, if you leave as a, I depends depends. So some funds, if you leave, you lose everything. Other funds, they will tell you, okay, if you leave and you're not a bad liver, Then you can get, I don't know, X percent of your carry, of your vested carry. Like if you're going to business school and they approve it or something like that, or if you're for whatever reason, a good a good lever. Yeah. Yeah. But but the point of the carry is that you know it's a long term game. So if you stay in the long term and and the fund performs well, then you will make a lot of money. If you and to be fair, it's also I think it makes sense because if you leave early on, then you didn't help your team and the fund. Towards these returns. So why would you be compensated, particularly if you're a junior, right? Right, right, right. Uh, Yeah, it's hard
0: if you're only there for a few years to really have that much impact on all the portfolio companies. Yeah. Um split of work. How much deal, how much portfolio company work, how much and do you like it? Are you getting that operational experience?
1: Yeah, that's the great part. Yeah. Yeah, that's the great part. And that's what I was looking for is the mix, right? So when it's, you know, is deal execution it's very transactional very similar to investment banking but the plus at least for, from my point of view is that you get to see much more you know in investment banking you are one of the advisor and you focus on what what the advisor is good at mm-hmm. and then maybe you read the other you know uh, due diligence reports but you're not as involved in the discussion all the discussion that goes behind it you know that the private equity has with the different advisors mm. it, it depends also it depends also of your level if you're a junior usually you are not always on all these calls so yeah. you don't see as much, but when you are a junior and a private equity fund, you are on all these calls. So you speak with the tax advisor, you speak with yes. the you know, financial advisor, the bankers, you speak with the lawyers. So yeah, you and have if a you're much good, pro- they'll let
0: you run the whole process.
1: Correct, correct, correct. Yeah. So you, you can really see much more. So you, you, you learn and you own the process 360, mm-hmm. whilst in investment banking, you were like a part of that process, okay? Yeah. And then once you've acquired the company, then it becomes your portfolio company. Then again, it depends by, uh, from fund to fund, but usually you get to uh, at least attend the board meetings. Um, and so that's, that's cool because, you know, you get to hear from the management about the strategy, trading, and then following, you know, for the next, uh, you know, board, you see what they discussed the first time, what happened, you know. It's very it's very interesting. And then again, some funds, they're more operational. So maybe you will be involved in the value creation plan. Yeah. Uh, so you will be discussing with the CEO, CFO, CO on some of the strategic initiatives um, to deliver on the returns that the fund has uh, under, un, underwritten and, and so on. So, and it's a mix of both, you know, of course, for example, this year, if you think about it, when COVID uh, hit, it was, you know, most of the process was put on hold, and it was full time operational, right? Because we had to help our portfolio company, uh, companies managing, you know, uh, trying to understand what's the cash burn, mm-hmm. uh, defensive uh, initiatives uh, to save them or to minimize the loss, and then mm-hmm. offensive initiatives on how to recover um, as soon as possible, as soon as you know the the the, the emergency is over.
0: Yeah, it's fascinating because a lot of a lot of uh... If there are P funds exposed to like retail or restaurants or any of those industries or tra- travel, hospitality, it's like they probably were in just crisis mode. Yeah. Crazy.
1: But, um, but yeah, go ahead. It's, it's true. But, you know, one interesting thing is, and I've learned it with, with my fund, is that in any sector, there are always some jewels that no matter what, they will still perform well. <laughs> it's so, like us, Wall Street
0: Oasis, we grew through during the pandemic. You see,
1: you see, you
0: see. <laughs> yeah, we happen to be lucky
1: being an online, <laughs> online training. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, yeah. and, and in any case, you know, Patrick, there are always opportunities. So yeah. I think what we did is that when everything started is try to understand how, you know, let's take those defensive actions that will help the company to weather their storm. But then at the same time, let's think uh, um, offensive. So, what can we do to advantage ourselves, our portfolio companies, so that when, when the emergency is over, we can, you know, start uh, faster and take an advantage versus some of other our competitors?
0: Can you give me an example of that? Not specific industry, but like, is it like a technology investment? Is right. it something else? Exactly,
1: exactly. Yeah. I think innovation. I think you know, yeah. this uh, coronavirus, uh, you know, has been bad uh, under many different aspects. But one thing that an uh, opportunity for, I think, any company in any sector was to uh, take an advantage and and step up their digital capabilities because mm. you know everyone was online so you couldn't go out you couldn't leave your, your house your flat but people were on browsing on internet yeah so you know uh, so a lot of you know think about the healthcare a lot of companies uh, that they were you know not so keen about telemedicine then they started launching about doctor cons- online consultation mm. online drugs prescription um they launched like you know ways to stay close to their clients you know totally or customers yeah so this is an offensive strategy you know and some companies took advantage of it others uh, sat on the back seat and waited for better times to come and guess who's winning yeah yeah really interesting
0: oh well any i really appreciate you sharing all your your wisdom and your story is there anything else before we call it that you'd like to share to the listeners about your story or words of wisdom that looking
1: back in your path yeah, I think uh, I, the best advice i would I would like to give everyone is uh, never give up you know um, you know you, you will go through you know ups and downs in your career, but stay focused on what's your objective and you know if uh, your objective is to get into investment banking, you know work on it, and you know nowadays again learn and and online, you know for example, through your 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 website is full of useful information where you can learn and get to know, even though you don't have a strong network of investment bankers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you do, um, reach well, out LinkedIn. to these people. LinkedIn is crazy. Well, LinkedIn, correct? Crazy. Correct. You can get to any interest to uh, with anybody. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. And and if you know, don't give up because it m- might take time, but at the end of the day, the people that win are the people that don't give up. That's my opinion. So don't.
0: Don't give up, guys. You hear that? Exactly. (laughs) Anyways, thanks so much, Max. Appreciate your time. My pleasure, Patrick. And thanks to you, my listeners at Wall Street Oasis. If you have any suggestions whatsoever, please don't hesitate to send them my way, patrick at wallstreetoasis.com. And until next time.